sticking with it and giving Barkley some hold. Devontae Wyatt made that bad last stop, so he's back in there. Third down and seven. Play action from DeVito. End zone. Catch is made. Touchdown. Isaiah Hodgins. They're about 15, 16 yards short of the outside of field goal range. Forget it. Wandale Robinson sets up the Giants as Tommy DeVito throws a beautiful pass and completes it for 32. Officially 37 yards. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. And Tommy DeVito <laughs> and Brian Dable. They've won three straight. What's up? It's the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. Those highlights courtesy of ESPN. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call. For former Illini quarterback Tommy DeVito's continued run. Monday Night Football. A Crazy that stage. that was the only Monday Night game on yeah. last night, too, right? <laughs> I thought there was I a little better. But I, I did, too. I was mistaken. It's great that it was that was the only one on, and we just all got to watch DeVito oh, man. pick up a win, and that's mm. all that happened. I'm sorry, NFL. Kyle. I'm sorry. Those Titans. Side note, Dolphins lose to the Titans <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> Tommy touchdown. Tommy magic. How crazy is this, man? How crazy that a guy that lost his job at Syracuse, had one year to prove himself at Illinois, and obviously won part of winning eight games and really gave Atlanta fans their first taste of above-average quarterback play in the Big Ten in a long time, yes. probably since Nathan Shieldhouse at least in terms of a extended sample size. but And now he's an undrafted free agent who threw injury to both Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, got a start with the Giants, and has become a sensation in one of the biggest sporting markets out there. And they absolutely love him, and he's led them to three straight wins and beats the Packers last night, which I'm pretty happy about <laughs> as well, just kind of as a side note. But it is it is incredible – this story, the magnitude of it, how much attention he's getting, and that this guy who was under center at Illinois last season is doing this in the NFL. I don't, I don't know what the long term view of it is in terms of is he going to be a, a starting quarterback. I think he's still got obviously a lot more to show, but I will say that it's obvious that New York fans love him. Mm. The Italian community loves him. I mean, Rick Pitino tweeted out today, "Hey, oh, he did? we need some Italian magic in." In the garden on Saturday, I, I'm offering you up courtside seats. Oh my! If you want to come out? So uh, he is he is playing under the spotlight, playing well. The Packers took a late lead last night, but Devito drove the Giants down the field. As you heard there, kicked the game-winning field goal, and just really, really cool for what's happened with Tommy, his family uh, that's experiencing this, and uh, his agent last night, which got a lot of screen time oh with my. the the top. What do you call? It? Is it a top hat? Top hat, I thought. Uh, the suit, the the chain. <laughs> 
It's just fun. It's fun to see. I, my advice to Tommy DeVito is soak it all in. Take everything in because I really feel like this is his 15 minutes of fame. I don't mean to come and yeah, poo-poo sure. on the party, yeah. right? But I don't see Tommy DeVito starting in the National Football League last year. But I think one thing it's done, Derek, I would certainly think, and even with New York, it has solidified a spot on an NFL team for a while, right? Even as the backup if you're able to come in and do what he's been doing, and you know what, what, what's the old saying? A quarterback cares about one stat, and that's whether you win or lose. And they've won three straight with Tommy DeVito, and he did his Illinois magic last night, seventeen to twenty-one. I know Piper dreams about Love stuff it. like that. Love it. I mean, he only threw for 158 yards and a touchdown, but he got that taken care of, and then of course he ran for 71 yards on the ground. So. Yeah, I just I, I just embrace it, and I think he is. I think his family oh, is. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I just think it's cool because it's one of those markets in New York where, you know, we always say, you know, ah, we don't like the big markets and this and that. But when they're doing well, it just seems like it's more fun. And to have the Giants somewhat relevant when you know the Jets aren't, then I think it's pretty cool. And Tommy DeVito is a big, big reason for that. I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, and I don't think Giants fans are convincing themselves that they're good by any means. Right. But they're, they're just enjoying the ride. Yes. It had been a lost season. They had a disastrous offensive line that got Daniel Jones killed. From the starting, you know, the, the first opening night, what he takes eight sacks or That's nine right. sacks in that game, whatever it was, something just crazy. But uh, for him to kind of give them a reason to get excited, and that as, as wild as it is, maybe they're still somewhat in the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Kyle was mentioning before the show that there are maybe one of a couple of teams at five and eight that, that still technically have a chance. Chicago Bears stand up. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's just been a fun ride. He's got the little I don't even know how to how to describe it the the hand gesture thing, his little signature touchdown <laughs> celebration, which is going no. crazy. And uh, it, yeah, it's just one of those where you you imagine I, I bet he is soaking this all up and enjoying it and especially his family if you haven't read shameless plug if you haven't read jeremy warner's story who caught up with his dad about tommy mania on Atlanta inquire you're definitely gonna want to do that and he was very very complimentary of brett bielema of illinois football and how they really elevated him and, and did enough to revitalize his college career and put him in a position where he can then go and have success in the NFL. So I, you would hope that this is something that springboards Illinois' brand even more. Because, yes. I mean, this has been an exciting year of the NFL to see what Devin Witherspoon's doing. And he had a, a Monday night game a, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago where, you know, he was a highlight player and, and Joe Buck and Aikman were, you know, salivating over him. And, and then you got uh, Chase Brown just had a touchdown, yeah, uh, awesome. a long 50 yard catch and run on Sunday for the the Bengals and uh, Sidney Brown's playing for the Eagles and Quan's in the, in the league as well. So it's just a fun time for Illinois fans then to look to the next level and see familiar faces doing some things. So that's great. It's funny. Did you forget how fast Chase Brown is? I mean, I it's guess... It's been a I, while since I'd seen it, yeah. Right. I mean, I hadn't seen it in so long and I hadn't forgotten what he was, a lot, what he was about, but he took that little screen pass and it was like he was shot out of a cannon and untouched. Almost. I think he maybe got touched by the last defender there, but he made a great move near the end zone. So I Googled how much does Tommy DeVito make? 
And it comes up, DeVito carries a cap hit of 416,667 this year. That number moves to 915,024, which is his base salary for the year. It then says DeVito will earn a prorated salary of roughly 44,000 per week for every game he's on the team's active roster the rest of the season. Well, he's not going anywhere. So, there you go. I wouldn't think so. And probably making some money in endorsements. Yeah, so kudos to all of you out there. Yeah, exactly. I bet he is. I mean, I bet he's taking advantage of a lot of that. Like you're saying, a lot of those endorsements around, uh, you know, that area. So, I think that's – listen, kudos to everybody out there making forty four grand a week. Uh, But Tommy DeVito has now joined you in that. So, I welcomed him in. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I welcomed him in. I was like, congratulations for joining the club. Kyle, since you didn't have another Monday night game to watch, what did you think of Tommy <laughs> DeVito last night? That was It was great to see. I did get to catch the end of that drive right in the middle of uh, a complete implosion in the other game. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. No, it was really cool to see. It's just been fun to, to see a guy that we were all watching here at Illinois last year in the NFL actually having success. Like when he was thrown in there because all the Giants injuries. My expectation was not that, oh, he's going to win three games in a row. He's going to beat the Packers with a go-ahead drive on Monday night. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, this is probably going to be a a struggle. I don't even know how much they're going to throw with him or trust him. But he's he's been the best quarterback to the Giants. He's been better than the guy they paid $160 million to in the offseason legitimately. In each of their starts, he's been the better player. Now, he did have a really rough start early, right? Yeah. There were a couple that weren't very good, and then one of them was really bad. He threw for like 70 yards, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, because I was watching that game, and it was like I had to almost flip the channel because it looked bad. But, boy, he's really, since he's gained traction – He's really just stepped up. I asked you, Pipes, when I walked in, I'm like, who's the last Illinois quarterback to win a game in the NFL? And we both thought, well, is it Kurt Kittner? He's the last one to play in the NFL. And you looked it up left-handed and found out that he did indeed win a game with the Atlanta Falcons. He did. Ironically enough, in New York. That's right. Yeah, at the Giants. Uh, You have to go back to November 9th of 2003. He made... Four starts for the Falcons when Mike Vick was injured. Oh, wow. And won one of those against the Giants. He went nine for 23, only 65 yards passing, had Mm. a touchdown. Uh, So that was the only season that he got on the field and logged stats uh, in his one-year career, essentially. Maybe he was a backup a a year or so. I I don't know how long he was actually in the league, but uh, was able to get that win. So it had been 20 years since an Illinois quarterback had won a game as a starting quarterback in, in the NFL. So uh, a long, long time. But yeah, to that point about DeVito, I know that he got subbed in in that New York versus New York game, Giants and Jets. Mm. And, uh, it was a 13-10 overtime game. He was only two for seven for negative one yards passing in that oh. game. His first start on the road at Vegas, uh, he threw for 175. Good completion percentage, but threw for two interceptions. He had to go to Dallas and, and make a start. Uh, threw for 86 yards, two okay, touchdowns, one, one pick. Uh, but the last three games, he beat Washington at Washington, threw for three touchdowns, nearly 300 yards of the year. Mm. He beat the Patriots, threw for 191 and a touchdown, no interceptions. And then last night, like you said, 17 for 21, 158, one touchdown, no interceptions, 10 carries for 71 yards on the ground. He hasn't been turning it over either, which no. has been something that – isn't super characteristic of rookie quarterbacks, especially those that are undrafted free agents. So uh, credit to him. And he didn't 
get sacked last night. So maybe the the offensive line is, is helping him out a little bit too. But <laughs> hence the ten carries for seventy. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's probably him getting getting away from all of that. I mean, let's be honest; he's taking advantage of beating three pretty bad teams. But that said, well, although Green Bay was playing better, I'm they sorry. were, yeah, they were. They uh, just beat the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. So they were playing better. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's just fantastic. I'm not sure who New York closes with. The last few, I mean, I know it's easy to look, and I am sitting in front of a uh, computer, but the Giants, that is crazy. They're 5-8. and eight. Of course, the Eagles and Cowboys leading that division at 10-3. and three. And your Bears 5-8, and eight, man. Yeah, you guys we're interesting. You'll be, be drafted we're like hot. 28 here in a while. That's fine. We got the Carolina pick. I'm not worried about it. You do. Are you trading that or what? Uh, I hope so. Okay. That's one of those where we're going to have Aaron Lemming on, right? When is he? Uh... Is that tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? Yep, Kyle. Okay, I have to send this stuff to you. Three thirty tomorrow. The Giants have at New Orleans, at Philly, and then they host the Rams and the Eagles to close out. Mm. So they got the Eagles twice to close the year. That's not good. All right. Well, hey, we'll see. I, I, this is awesome. I'm just loving every second of this. And isn't it amazing that it's been such a difficult time for Illinois to get a quarterback in the NFL? But really, like you said to kind of start this it's been a long time since illinois had a quarterback like tommy devito that was able to put up big numbers for you and and help you win games but you know you go back to those days of like a tony east and a jack trudeau a jeff george you had a nice little run there of guys getting to the league but and doing stuff something when they got there obviously easton was a quarterback that played in the super bowl against the bears in 85 and, you know, obviously Jeff George did some good things as well. But then it's just been a long drought. And as good as Kurt Gittner was, you know, he just didn't really he, – well, he was shorter, so he's not somebody that probably projected to the NFL. But I give him credit for being there a few years. So it's just it, – it's just, boy, you think you need a quarterback, right? I mean <laughs> – I would say yes. Yes. I, I think you need a quarterback if you're going to win. And obviously I think Illinois has got a – Good one with, uh, with, uh, with, um, gosh dang it. Why am I forgetting his name all of Luke a sudden? Altmeyer. Luke Altmeyer. So, on the note of Kittner, sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. Two seasons with the Falcons, then he bounced around in 04 between, I'm guessing this was training camps, uh, Bengals, Giants, Patriots, and Steelers. Oh also, he was on practice squads for uh, a couple of those. 2005, he was with the Chicago Bears, and then, uh, that was the end of his, his time there in the NFL. So, good. about three year run. That's three, not four bad. year run. Not bad. But just, yeah. It had been a long time since Illinois even had adequate college quarterback play. Correct. Like, over a, a big enough sample size. Like, Brandon Peters had his moments. Mm-hmm. Had the Michigan State game on the road, which was a a big comeback win. And, and obviously, he threw the ball well to Amator Bebe in that one. But for the most part, Peters was mm. average at best. Yes. Probably below average, more more often than not. Uh, West Lunt had one year where he was good, and then he was also a guy that he, just, he never took that next step no. after that, and, and someone hung on to the ball too long. Uh, you'd really have to go back to Shieldhouse. Yeah. John Butcher was decent in college. Butcher was decent. But he transferred from Iowa, right? He came in right after Kittner, right? That's right. I think that's yeah. right. West, Juice Williams. I mean, yeah, Juice was really let's good. Let's not forget. Is Juice the last one that you recruited and turned out to be good? Shieldhouse. Was Juice was Shieldhouse after? Was after yeah, okay. Juice, yeah. See, I, that, mm-hmm. those things get I get confused in my head. <laughs> yeah, so you go. Gosh, I mean, even that, even going back, like Westlot had transferred in from was it Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? State? Yep. Butcher from Iowa. 
Altmeyer from Ole Miss. You know, Vito from Syracuse. Vito from Syracuse, and just on and on and on and on. And it's like it's been a while since you've just had a quarterback and Nate Shieldhouse that came from the Kansas City area that came up and just absolutely man, we need to recruit that area more. That was Brandon Lloyd. In, in the Kansas right? City area. Yeah, he's from around that. And then uh, Shieldhouse, right? Wasn't he from yeah. KC? Yeah. Can we get somebody down there to recruit that area? Because you're like, if those are your last two from there, you're you're batting a thousand with Shieldhouse and Brandon Lloyd. Those are two really good football players that played here at Illinois. Well, I think you'd also hope that DeVito being from Jersey, isn't that where uh, Donovan Leary's from? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hope that that pans out at some point although Luke Altmark can be a longer term starter because sure. of the years of eligibility he has and while you hope to have that answer solidified with him I I would think that as you go forward and try to recruit quarterbacks in further classes that you might use the Tommy DeVito example of hey look what he was able to do look what his family's saying about their experience at Illinois and, and again you hope that Luke is is the guy and you have sure. that shored up for a handful of seasons beyond this past one, but uh, it's not bad to have an NFL example. We've talked about it on the basketball side. It had been way too long since Illinois even had someone to point to in the NBA. Yeah. Like, now you at least got Io, who's playing minutes for the Bulls, but prior to that, there was like a decade stretch where it was Myers Leonard and no one else. That's unreal, isn't it? That is unreal that you just haven't. I mean, is Eddie Johnson the last guy to really play – Am I forget? I'm probably Darren Williams had a really oh Darren had a great stretch. I I knew I knew uh, part of an Olympic team at one point. Yeah, so you had Darren Nick Anderson obviously. Yeah, Gill played quite a bit. I was trying to think of somebody that really made an impact, but obviously Darren Williams did. Yeah, I knew there was. I knew I was skipping over some guys. Eddie was awesome. So was was Derek Harper. Yep, and Harp was great too. You're right. Those are. Yeah, it's just it's been a while, right? And and hopefully Terrence Shannon is the next guy to. uh, to make that jump. I know we've jumped around here to basketball, but Terrence Shannon, I mean, I think you reported the other day that you saw his name on a uh, on a draft board pretty high, I think, or was did I just he, read He's starting something? to get forecasted uh, back in that first round range, okay. which is something that was being talked about early last season, obviously when he goes and knocks down eight threes against UCLA. and There was a lot of national eyes on that Vegas mm. tournament out there because uh, it was a a loaded field and the way that he played. I, I remember, I think it was Fran Fischilla, uh did an interview with Jeremy. said, I mean, that looks like a bona fide first-round pick. Uh, Sam Vecini right now of The Athletic has him 25th on his big board for okay. the upcoming draft. There's some others that uh, have him in that, that late first-round type of range. So we'll see. It, it, that's a, a fortunate thing where and, – and this is kind of a bigger topic that I thought about tackling at one point – is that you know without him and everybody else getting a free COVID year, like he doesn't even have the option to come back. So mm. I, I think it, it plays both ways where you feel bad for some of the guys that should be getting quote unquote their turn, right? Because you know Terrence has played four full years now, going on his fifth, and you even see it like in in transfer portal recruiting, like Dylan Gabriel is going to go be the starting quarterback at Oregon, even though he's you know this is going to be a sixth year in college, his, his fifth full season. Um, but yeah, for Terrence, it's not like Illinois is the only beneficiary of getting a guy that's that's that uh, established and experienced exactly. to, to come back for another year. But you know, he's doing his thing, and yeah, I mean, he, right now the way he's playing right now, he looks like he belongs on a NBA court for sure. It's interesting too because you know, you, you, obviously from 
Illinois if he makes it to the NBA, but also had the Texas Tech um, under that. I was just looking at Brandon Podjemski just to kind of see kind of mm-hmm. where he's at yeah. this season. He's playing some minutes. So 16 games, he's averaging 19 minutes a game, seven points, a rebound, and three assists for Golden State. So that's not bad. Oh, no, he's no, no, no wait. Moments. Wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing when it said assists. My bad on that. Um, well, he's yeah, two, two assists a game. So, uh, you know, Illini fans will take some satisfaction in this. I was reading through. So I, I've been on the Michigan message boards a decent amount recently because of the Juwan Howard stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, And trying yeah. to see what's being said by certain insiders or just the, the fan reaction to it. And it pivoted as you go through the thread. And you can get go down rabbit holes on, on message <laughs> boards. And, and then you kind of run out of news, and then it just p- pivots to, to different tangents and whatnot. And then someone brought up, Oh, yeah, and Terrence Shannon Jr., how nice that would have been if our academic side didn't screw us on that and, and oh, he would have geez. been in Ann Arbor. So uh, it reminded me of like, oh, yeah, you know, like that was <laughs> a nice break for Illinois where Michigan looked to be trending towards landing that guy. And instead of facing him in the Big Ten for potentially two years, you've had him while Michigan has floundered. and That's big. Maybe Juwan's on his way out at some point. Yeah, it's, it's weird what's going on there. But I think Terrence made the right decision, you think? I mean, he's yeah, he's been fantastic. He was a first-teamer all last year, and, and he's developed for sure. I, 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 he, couldn't, he didn't make a bad decision by going to Illinois by any means. Right. Like, would he have done well at Michigan last I, year? I'm Probably. guessing he would have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that he made a good choice, and – he is he's thriving right now. Uh, Io, by the way, I checked this. Twenty-two games. He started two. He's averaging about nineteen minutes a game. Six points. Um, let's see. Rebounding wise, he's averaging about two a game and two assists. So it was a weird stat line don't for look him at last his stat night. Line from last night, there's I'll the just say that. Yeah, there's like a meme of Tony Snell at one point played like thirty minutes in a game, didn't register a point or rebound and nothing. So like. It, it, people use that as like a, I, I don't know to to show that someone's not doing anything. Uh, Io last night, twenty six minutes. He started. He didn't record any kind of stat. No points. No rebounds. Cow. No assists. Unfortunately, but twenty six minutes. Yeah, and the game went to overtime. That would be hard to do. You would think you can't luck into a rebound. Yeah, I mean that, or accidentally just throw it to a guy on the perimeter and he hits yeah. a three for an assist. Right. That is that would be really hard. I, and I to didn't do. watch the game or anything. Yeah. I didn't see him like dogging it in, in terms of not going after a rebound or anything. And don't rely on me. And not that we're going to try to throw out any <laughs> IO slander or anything like that. But uh, he's been playing well overall. Yeah. And during this last stretch, they've had some injuries. He started a lot. Yeah, I've actually enjoyed watching some Bulls basketball that doesn't involve Zach Levine. It's almost like the oh. team is more more palatable at times, more connected. It still blows my flip in mind that Brandon Podjemski is now basically has a little bit better stats than Iota Sumo in the NBA. And if you would have told me Io's junior year with Brandon on the bench, if you would have said, Lon, two of these guys are going to play in the NBA and one of them will be better than Io. He's not better. You know what I'm saying? He will have stats comparable and or if not a little bit better at a certain point than Io, and I would have been like, hmm. Yeah. It's, I it's wonder weird. how far I'd have to go down before I would have said Brandon Podjemski. <laughs> Maybe to the bottom? If if I gave you, yeah, if we if we rewind back and say, all right, between Io, Kofi, and Brandon Podjemski, <laughs> one is going to be 
a lottery pick, right? Was he a lottery pick? He's a first round pick. One's he was a, a first round. One's a first round pick. One's a second round pick who will be like a off the bench guy. He starts some, comes off the bench. I mean, obviously the the first round pick is coming off the bench as well. And one's playing in Japan. Oh. You'd probably get that order wrong if you're trying to I answer that a few years would. ago. You may have gotten Kofi right only because we know because how big men. Yeah. And you said it the other day. That blew my mind when you had said who Tennessee had battled already in terms yeah. of big men this season. What was it? Bocott? Well, they went from they went Edie, then Dickinson, then uh, Bacot. Or Bacot. I'm sorry. I said Bocott. I mean, think, think of those three guys and how good they are in college basketball and part of the reason is because they're still in college basketball because they don't have a place to go. It's true. I mean, I would think Baycott would be athletic enough to be able to land on an NBA team. I mean, that guy walks onto the court with 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that year that they played for the national championship, yeah, he was, he was like 20 a game, it seemed like, rebounds. Yep. I'm like, good Lord. So I would think that he would have that ability. And then I watched like Zach Eady up in Toronto the other day or in Canada. I, are the Raptors still around? Is that still a thing? Yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't you take a chance like a second round pick on Zach Eady and bring him back home? Please, just get him out of the Big Ten. <laughs> I can't believe that he might be he back come next back? year for a fifth season of terrorizing us. He could be back. He probably will. And he could win three straight player of the year. I was going to say. Yeah, he could win three. That'd be the first person to ever do that. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, as they're there, I there, pro- there would never be years. another one because well, as right. you, once you get through another year or so, then the COVID year is gone, and you'll never see five full years of guys no. playing again. I mean, you if somebody like Carmelo probably was he Player of the Year as a freshman, he led Syracuse to the national title, right? But there's no way he's hanging around three years to win that. No, he only played one year. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have anybody as a freshman that wins player of the year or is good enough to win that, they're not going to be around for two more years. I can promise you that. Maybe one, but that's highly doubtful. I got to pull up this list and see if anyone's even won it twice. I'm sure they have. I was wondering if uh, my guy Pistol Pete back in the day. Let's see here. How about Glenn? How about Big Dog? Big Dog Robinson? Yeah. There was... He may not even have won at once. Do we have any back-to-backs here? We're talking player of the year. In- Ralph Sampson. Ah! 82 and 83, national player of the year. Except for that Chaminade team that beat him. Uh, Bill Walton. Wow, Bill Walton three years in a row. Oh, he did? Seriously? Okay. That's back when you couldn't even dunk. The Naismith Award winner in 72, 73, and 74 was Bill Walton. Quite the quandary. He is a weird dude. The only, yeah. You know I what's funny is I, I can't tell if he's weird or if I like well, want to live his life. Well, you might. I mean, he wears flips. He's and happy all. I mean, he's he's super he's happy. In the best of moods. <laughs> I think there's help with that. I, I would. I think, <laughs> that's what he's giving off. It's funny. I, was he just hiding this the whole time? Uh, maybe not. Be, like I don't. I don't remember him as as a player, obviously. But I, I would go back and watch some of the. Like NBA Finals in the '90s, and yeah. he'd be on the calls like with Bob Costas or whoever was doing it at the time, and he sounded normal. And right. It was weird. I think he's done a lot of damage to himself since then. Yeah, just he was probably doing damage at that uh, point, but sounding normal. 
If that makes sense. Gotcha. Yep. I think he's always enjoyed that kind of lifestyle. The California lifestyle, the surfer boy kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at Associated Press Players of the Year, Jerry Lucas won it twice, mm-hmm. back-to-back years, 61-62. Ohio you had, State, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Lou Alcender yeah. won it twice. Uh, there was a gap in between there. He won it in 67 and then in 69. Interesting. Um, Pistol Pete Maravich, uh, 69 and 70. Okay. For the Oscar Robinson. Oh, that's the point guard of the year, right? That's, oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, never yeah. mind. Pistol Pete, man, his stats. You talk about ridiculous. Just ridiculous stats. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a chance that Zach Eady will be a three-timer. Wow. I, I'm shocked that Bill Walton, like, that we've, we've seen it before. I know. How has that happened? I don't know. I, I don't know. I wanted to bring up Pistol Pete's stats. Did I you got bring him up? I got him. His three years at LSU, his point per game totals, 43.8, what? 44.2, <laughs> and 44.5. Get He's averaging 45 a game. A game. To go along with six rebounds, five assists. That is unreal. Pistol Pete. Good call by a 217. Uh, Bob Cousy's the point guard award. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Duh. Oscar Robertson was like the uh, triple-double machine, right? He averaged right. a triple-double. Well, the Oscar Robertson trophy is given out to the most outstanding men's college basketball player by the, the Basketball Writers Association. Ah. So that is the player of the year award just by a, uh, a different outlet. Can yep. I look up Bill Walton's stats here real quick? Yeah. How did he win three straight national player of the year? So as a – he didn't play as a freshman – as a sophomore, 21 and 15, junior, 21 and 17, and then as a senior, 20 and 15. Really wow. fell off there as a senior. He put up some Kofi numbers. I mean, those are. That's crazy. Double digits in both rebounding and scoring. Somebody maxed, Two national titles. Yeah, two natties. Well, heck, then they, they won like 10 in a row, right? Under John Wooden during that stretch. Uh, Maxwell said, don't forget Kendrick Nunn. I forgot that he had a little stretch in the NBA. He did. I, I totally forgot about it. I don't that. know that Kendrick's claiming Illinois. <laughs> right, right, um, right. All that, obviously. Where'd he go like, to? Oakland? Oakland. Uh, Ken Norman, yep, it's a good call. Scott's the snake. Uh, he was really good. Really, really, really good. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, Anthony, a Muhammad listener, and a 309. He did it. Oh, and Sal. Sorry. All four of them. He did it without a three-point line. He averaged 45 a game, and he was an outside shooter. Mm. So this isn't Bill Walton right around the rim all day. This is Pistol Pete shooting from 25 out. Well, not 25 out, but 25 in maybe. Sure. And doing that without a three-point line. It still blows my mind. If I ever want to tell people how old I am, and really get it through to them. And yep. if it's someone that is familiar with sports, like Kyle, for instance, I would say to you that I spent three years in high school basketball without a three-point line. I mean, if that doesn't make me sound archaic, <laughs> like what? I'm like, oh, yeah, my senior year was the very first year Illinois high school had a three-point line. Is that, that crazy? That does seem insane, honestly. And now... Not to make you feel older. No, 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 believe me, it's It's fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 Maxwell on the U of I line, only text line. 
What was it like watching Babe Ruth, Lon? <laughs> I love drinking with him after the game. I know that. <laughs> Eating that steak and wow. Well, yeah, that's true, Joe. I, I don't think Walton could. I don't think freshman could play. In other words, like Bill Walton, his freshman year, couldn't play. And I know during his reign there with he and Jabbar or Lou Alcindor, they couldn't dunk for like two years. They outlawed dunking in college That's right. basketball. That's right. Which is just crazy to think. That's just crazy. What was it like watching Babe Ruth play? Come on, dang it. That would have been cool, though, wouldn't it? We, we did that one time. I told you that. When we first started this show, one of the topics that was given to us was, or that, or we thought of it one day. We just said, if you could go back in time and watch one player like you know that you didn't get a chance to see like mm. Bob Gibson Stan Musial you know like who would it be like Babe Ruth would it be that of course Michael Jordan he had a hangnail or a <laughs> in his toe and couldn't play the day I was gonna see him um yeah if you could go back and well that was always that was pretty cool we had a lot of cool answers for that mentioning freshmen not playing I remember because Kenny Battle had just gotten inducted this past fall into mm. the Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame. And he said the reason that he went to Northern, it was, obviously wasn't a rule, but it was still something that Lou Henson was doing. He said that he wasn't going to play him as a freshman. Oh, really? I never heard that. So that that was a big thing that swung him to go to NIU. And is this correct? Because I'm looking up on, on College Reference where we get a lot of these stats. Did Nick Anderson come to Illinois in his freshman year, just redshirt and didn't play? Because they list him as his stats playing his sophomore year and his junior year. And he did not play. Did he not play as a freshman? Gosh, I thought he did. Maybe not. I I can't remember that far back, Derek. You can't allow me. Remember My I, fault I, for I uh, putting you on the spot line. there. Yeah, I I th I could swear. I knew he left after his junior year, but I could swear he played as a freshman. But maybe not. Wow. Let me effort this. Yeah, you effort that. Wade sent in the Wilt Chamberlain 1968 season, where he averaged 53 points a game, 32 rebounds. 14 assists, 24 blocks, 11 steals. <laughs> That's a Cinco double. <laughs> what, quadruple? What, what is it? Trace quad, uh, quadruple double? Well, that would be four. That's oh, five, there's a uh, quintuple Quint double. Is that uh, what it is? Like that? I went with a Cinco. <laughs> That's crazy. Ah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, uh, listener from Muhammad says, Anderson was Prop 48. He only played two years. Not, oh, not eligible. Okay. Good call. I know they had that bridge program for a long time. That Frank Williams is one of those yeah. guys, right? Prop 48. Wow, that's bringing back memories. When guys would come in and didn't have... See, Illinois could do that then, right? Because you could bring someone in. Now, I don't think they allow them in. Partial qualifiers. Like admission yeah. and stuff won't allow them to even come to Illinois. So, but back then they had like this bridge program, if I'm saying that right. I know I'm, there's so many people out there that remember this stuff better than I do, but like it, there was something they could come in and not play for a year, but they could essentially focus on grades and, and get what they needed to get done so that by their sophomore year they could play. My buddy Don just sent, uh, Walton was 21 of 22 in the, championship game in 1973 had 44 points oh my how's that gosh. for a big game player 
unbelievable. Of course, they were all lay-ins, you know, like I mean, little still, finger roll lay-ins. You got to stop it. Yep. 21 of 22. Wow. Oh, Howard Griffith was a prop 48. Is that right? Fred, oh, our, our good old buddy Fred Barnaby. That's right. Yeah. What's up, Fred? Said Nick Anderson, Marcus Liberty were both prop 48s. Mm. That's cool. Well, if we don't catch a break, we'll be going until yeah. 348, oh, which Kyle God. will not like. we got to c- catch one of those. Appreciate everybody weighing in on the U of I Atlanta League text line. Continue to hit us up, 217-359-2255. It is The Drive. Merle Norman brings sparkle and awe with the Winter Wonders Gift Collection. Every day is a beautiful new gift with the first ever 12 Days to Beauty Advent Calendar. For your favorite gloss lover, the Dreamy Lip Set comes with a collector's cosmetic bag. For skin enthusiasts, the Goodnight Skin Set features deluxe sizes of anti-aging complex night cream and eye cream. Shop limited edition gifts while supplies last. 706 West Market View Drive in Champaign for Merle Norman. You moved into your new home using two men in a truck. The garage was clean. Then... I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one? Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle continued. Garage for now, put it in the garage for now, put it in the garage for now, put it in the garage for now. (laughs) It happens. You got junk. Call two men in a truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, two men in a truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two men in a truck. Illini fans, gear up to support your Fighting Illini men's and women's basketball team this year at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini Game Day Spirit. From buy one, get one free basketball t-shirts to official NIL merchandise, Game Day Spirit has everything you need to support your Fighting Illini. Shop with them in store at the corner of Neal and Kirby in Champaign, 6th and Green in Campus Town, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. Reach your savings goals. Busey Bank CD Specials can help. Watch your money grow with competitive rates and offers. Visit Busey.com backslash CD rates. Visit your local service center or call 1-800-67-BUSY today. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Jets is hiring. Call 217-352-9992 or stop in to 1907 West Springfield Avenue near Round Barn in Champaign. Jets is open till 10 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays till midnight. Are you looking for a side hustle? Here's Josh from Jets talking about the benefits of doing deliveries. When I was a delivery driver, it was amazing how much the actual amount of money I had just shot right up. You have money in your pocket every single day. For details on joining the team, visit JetsPizza.com. It's the Piers Christmas Party, and it's happening at 1609 West Springfield Avenue, Thursday between 5.30 and 9, and then Friday, December 15th, from 7 to 10 a.m. Gifts for all. Try to win some holiday cash with J&J Ventures. 
Coors Light, Captain Morgan, and Miller Light. Pia's has a free holiday food spread waiting for you and, of course, great drink specials. The staff at Pia's says, Merry Christmas. I've got to clean out this garage. Let's see. What's the cheapest and easiest dumpster service in our area? Here's what I found. The doggy bag. Hmm, think she's broken. I'm not looking for takeout. Siri, try again. The doggy bag from Bulldog Disposal in Muhammad. Doggy bag? What's that? If you got junk that needs to go, but you don't want the hassle of having an enormous dumpster delivered, grab a doggy bag, keep it as long as you need. They'll come take it away. For more information, just visit BulldoggyBag.com. That's BulldoggyBag.com. Local, personal, trusted. Hi, this is Atta Durakan with First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana, and we've been serving Champaign County since 1908. Our institution is safe, strong, and stable. We operate on a foundation of responsible and sound practices, and you can rest easy knowing we're your bank. Rated five-star superior by Bauer Financial, Inc. Fast, friendly, and local, with local loan decisions and underwriting. If you're not already banking with us, give us a try, and we think you'll love it here. First Federal Savings Bank, 356bank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, Four three five one two zero. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circus Sports is now available in Illinois. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens. I've been a lifelong sports better and I'm the owner of Circus Sports. We're excited that the Circus Sports app is now ready for action. Experience big app bets with high betting limits, tight money line splits, and more. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Illinois. Download your new bookie today at CircusSports.com. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 833-234. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Fred says Walton's 21 for 22 were not all layups. Hit some jumpers from the free throw line and in. Nice. So, uh, not just all at the rim, but then again, regardless of where he's at, you got to stop that dude. That's pretty impressive, 21 out of 22. At the break, I don't know why I thought of Roger McClendon, who played for Centennial. And I was telling you that this was 1984. Like, he graduated in 83, I think, from Centennial. It was his last year. I would have been like 13 mm-hmm. or 12. And I remember when he went to Cincinnati, I remember looking at the News Gazette one day, and I'm like, why wouldn't he go to Illinois? Like, that was probably the first guy that I had this thought of, why didn't he just go to Illinois? And I, I wonder if anybody out there, I'm sure somebody out there knows why he went to Cincinnati instead of coming to the University of Illinois, but... Did they try to get him? That's one thing uh, I wonder. That's the thing. He he was a... So, he's 6'4 guard from Champaign. He played in the 84 McDonald's All-American game. Well, then I would hope they tried. I would think, right? And he's the second... He's number two all-time leading scorer in Cincinnati Bearcats history. And how about this? Instead of going on to play basketball after college, he pursued a career in engineering... He would graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Computer and Electrical Engineering and has worked for Yum Brands as the Chief Sustainability Sustainability Officer. So he's done really well. I He would be a cool dude to have on. And we could ask him, why didn't you go to Illinois? Yeah, well, the text line's filling us in. Oh, it, it says, is. A uh, longtime Lou Henson assistant, Tony Yates, became the head coach at Cincinnati ah. and got him to go to Cincy. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. Lance, Mike, and Fred all firing it out. Um, wow. I remember Tony Yates. I remember that name. So his first year would have been 84-85, right, mm-hmm. in college? Yeah, he played 84 through 88. It's a pretty good Illinois team at the time. Right. In 84, Doug Altenberger, Ephraim Winters, Bruce Douglas, Bruce. Ken Norman. Bruce. George Montgomery. That team was real good. George Montgomery, man. You talk about a guy you could not move on the post. Ephraim Winters played with a stick of gum in his sock. That's a true story. He never used it? Or he I don't know. He was there for... I don't even know why. I don't remember why um, why he did that. Huh. But that was always the word that Ephraim Winters put a stick of, like, spearmint gum in his sock. You know, back then, we, we put our socks up as high as you could. Like, if you could get socks to your kneecap when I was, like, in junior high, that was the coolest thing. And you'd get them with, like, the two red, like, you know, you'd have the red stripes or whatever on them that went, like, as a circle mm-hmm. around your leg. Oh, yeah, that, that was cool then. Now I can't, like, <laughs> I just wear a little tiny golf socks, right? right I can't right. stand socks now. You know what's interesting? Bringing up that 84-85 team, uh, Glenn Blackwell was on that team. He's yes. a freshman guard. Yep. His son is playing for the Badgers as a freshman and maybe the most productive freshman in the Big Ten so far, John Blackwell. He played at Brother Rice. I don't I think that, so it, it lists his city... Uh, Bloomfield Hills in, in Michigan. So I, I'm guessing that might be Brother Rice in Michigan. But uh, John Blackwell, a guy that admittedly I didn't know. I've been asked this on our message board before. I didn't really know much about him at all. Smooth lefty, if I'm remembering Blackwell. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Number 21. But he's been a nice piece off the bench for Wisconsin so far. I mean, he's averaging 10 points a game, three and a half boards per game. He is shooting – what's he shooting on the year? He's been like a double-figure scorer quite a bit off the bench, playing 18 minutes a game, shooting 50% from the field. He's been a nice piece for them. That's Son of a former Atlanta. Yeah, Glenn Blackwell. Just had 17 uh, at Tucson, although Arizona just smacked Wisconsin over the weekend, 98-73. (laughs) I do want to, at some point during the show, kind of talk about – we we mentioned yesterday Illinois versus Tennessee, gave some thoughts there, but just kind of the updated picture in the Big Ten – and what's what that's looking like and I'll, I'll tell you now guys kind of as a little bit of a tease I'm, I'm a little worried I think a lot of people take an enjoyment out of some teams struggling like Michigan State mm-hmm. Iowa and whatnot I don't necessarily think that's all good for Illinois as far as yeah. your resume goes yes and I'll break that down more as we go along well I think that made that Florida Atlantic win ultra important right because you needed you needed to get a, if you will, top 10 kind of win. I think Florida Atlantic ends up in the top 10. I would assume in their conference that they'll do some damage, right? Sure, yeah. So Whether they get enough. I mean, their record's going to be probably pretty, pretty startling. Yeah. But I wonder, like, they should be a top 15 team. I'd be pretty confident in saying that. I, I would agree. So, it'll be interesting to uh, – to see that and see like uh, that might be your best win come the end of the year unless you would beat Purdue right Wisconsin is doing some things though like you mentioned playing well well we can hit on that next hour how about that do that I want to I want to tackle that for sure Glenn Blackwell from Highland Park Michigan 64180 from Highland Park Michigan
number 21. That's funny that I remember the first thing I remember about Glenn Blackwell was that he wore 21. Hmm. Is that crazy that you how your mind works? That's good memory. Yeah, well, I don't remember anything else. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was that, that's all I got right there. Looks uh, Mike mentions on the U of I line link text line, Blackwell and Anthony Welch were two of the few yeah. recruits Henson got out of Michigan. Anthony Welch was 44, I think, number 44. He was skinny. He was like uh, Mike Davis skinny. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Bill says Illinois fans should not count on the Big Ten getting seven to eight teams in the NCAA tournament. The conference isn't good. I think eight is going to be really, really hard to swing. It, it might only be six. Wow. Out of 14? Yeah. Next year we'll have 18. That's going to be weird, wasn't it? That's going to be so weird. Uh, Muhammad listener said it was a gum wrapper. It was empty that Ephraim put mm. in his Interesting. sock. I always thought it was actually full. Or in other words, had a piece of gum in it. Hmm. I wonder why he did that. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Let's uh let's catch one more break and wrap up this hour after that. Hit us up 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. This is the drive. So when was the last time you saw a best deal guarantee? You mean a promise that actually held up? Right. That some unknown online entity didn't want you to log in and download a code and then re-verify as you join some club. Drives you nuts, I know. And then once you purchase that set of steak knives. Well, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is a lot simpler. You find a verified great deal and they beat it. Just show them the deal you saw. A newspaper clipping or the online cart price will do, and then you're good. At Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, it's one of those instances where you see a best deal guarantee and... You get the best deal. This is Dennis Rekin, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Our exclusive 10-year protection plan comes free with most appliance purchases. Whether it's a GE, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Bosch, or any of our 30 brands, I guarantee we will beat any competitor's deal. Wow! Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Three chances, folks. Three chances is what it took to the question of the 217. Can Lon remember Luke Altmyer's number? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he got it on the third try. Third time's the charm. I went 11, and then I went 9. 
No, you went 11 and then four. Four, yeah. I don't know that I would have gotten it on the third time except Kyle helped. I jumped in, yeah. That's weird. Should have just let him continue to throw (laughs) guesses out. Johnny Newton was four. That's right, yep. And who's 11? D. Brown. Well, okay. I would assume. assume. How about on the football team? Is that like is Sean, 11? Sean Miller or something? Uh, I could look it up. Who's no longer with us? If we... I, that didn't sound right. If, no, no longer with Illinois. If I'm we sorry, pulled Sean. Illini fans and we said, who is number 11? Hmm. Who would get more responses? I would assume we were D. Brown. Oh, D. I Brown. I mean, if you did it on campus, you know that it, yeah, it'd be yeah, Io. It'd be D. Brown, I think. Yeah. I think D. Brown. That would, would be, be my answer as well. D was... Sorry, Io. I love you. How about number 22? Who would you say? Is that Kawan Garris? That was, yep. Lucas Johnson. Mm. <laughs> Doug Altenberger was 22. I think it'd be kind of cool to go through sometime all the numbers. Yeah. Like your favorite number four or, you know, things like that. That'd be kind of cool. Who would be a number four? I, I know one. <sighs> Luther Head. Luther, yeah. He'd probably be your favorite. But, like, to, to know that you have a number of uh, at least two guys – very prominent oh player with the same number and which response you'd give. That'd be an interesting one. It would be. I think D would have to capture that, right? Even though you're kind of creeping away from when he played here, obviously. Yeah. D Brown, baby. Who's 11 now? Anybody? Isn't it Moretti or is he not? Is it Moretti? They need to retire that. That's uh, kind of gutsy there, Nico. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel. Why do I feel like he is? I think you. I think you might be right. I think he's in over. His, yes, Nico Moretti over his skis. Number there. eleven. He probably didn't know anything different. Yeah, you know, he's like, oh, I'll take eleven. <laughs> oh, really? Big shoes to fill right there. <laughs> big, big, big shoes to fill. I'm anxious to go through some of the Big Ten next hour. Yes, let's do. Let's do. I'm excited for that. Is Nebraska real? They <laughs> lost to Minnesota. Oh wow! Beat Michigan State and lose to Minnesota. Makes sense. Before we get out of here, Scott did mention, looks like the Cardinals are done adding pitching. Oh. Um, yeah. I sure hope not, but I'm still holding my breath for a trade. How about Yamamoto? Yeah, it's not going to happen, though, no? for the Cardinals, I don't think. Okay. You guys have actually made moves so far, so I wouldn't be complaining. Eh, one move. Certain team we're talking hasn't about. Did, done we, anything. did we find out after we got off the show yesterday about Otani's, how that was oh, structured? Yeah. yeah. We should talk about that next time. We can time. mention that as well. Okay. If you want to weigh in, you can, 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. Talking Big Ten basketball when we return. This is The Drive.